May we never forget we were just a leper. Outcast to society. Everybody left us for dead. But when everybody else stayed away from us, he came and held us close. Don't ever forget you were just a leper. And he picked us up, wiped us off, put his blood on us. He said, I've made you the righteousness of God through me, Christ Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Come on, thank him. Thank him for the blood. I'm, I'm washed. I'm cleansed. I'm purified. I've been redeemed. I've been restored. He justified me. Justified. He justified me. Justification. Justified you. Meaning that all that sin you were in, when he cleansed you, he made it just as if you had never sinned. In his eyes, he's like, what are you talking about? I don't sin anymore. That's what the blood will do for you. It'll take you to the highest of mountains, and when you're in the lowest of valleys, he said, I'm right there too. The blood will never leave you. Woo, I need that. I need that. Remember, remember the blood. Remember. Everybody turned their back. He said, I come for you. Those two precious ladies in there on Sunday night from, from the Czech Republic. What's your name? Where are you from? Why are you in the water? She said, I have stage four cancer, and I've heard Frank and his team at Genesis, they've, they've been working with us, and they told us about the healing power in this water. I said, well, the Lord's going to heal you, but who is Jesus Christ to you? Who, who is Jesus Christ of Nazareth to you? She looked at the other girl, and she said, I don't know what he's asking me. I said, have y'all been born again? They looked at each other like, what's he talking about? I said, that's all we need to know. And when I started mentioning, I took them back to Genesis, y'all. I took them all the way back to Genesis. I don't know what else to do. I just took them back to where it started and where he stepped onto the scene with his blood. And when I started mentioning what Jesus did, here come the tears flowing down their faces. They both got born again right there in that water. Listen, the blood is still the blood. It's still just as strong, still just as powerful. No matter what's going on in the world, the blood is still the blood. I gotta, I gotta quit. Why does he shout all the time? Because he's happy, because he's full of joy, full of the Holy Ghost. I love Jesus, man. I got something to shout about. Oh, the blood. Woo! Mm. Well, as the house lights come up, if they're not already, go ahead and make your way to your seat and get your tithe and your offering ready. It's Wednesday night. We get to give in a midweek service. Woo! The blood is still the blood. He can take, the enemy can take a lot of things from me, but he cannot take that blood off my life. Yes, sir. Come here. So just real quick to add what Pastor Marty is talking about, Todd and I had the privilege of uh, talking with those two ladies um, Sunday night after Pastor Marty led them to the Lord. Come to find out, uh, where's Frank? I know there's Frank. As Pastor Marty said, dealing with Frank and his team uh, at the Genesis Center and she um, gosh I'm trying to get the details Michaelin right Michaelin was her nurse and you guys remember Michaelin she's got the long blonde hair and Piper's her little girl she's testified before she dealt with this uh, with the girl with the stage 4 cancer 
and was talking to her about what was going on here at Dawsonville and being in the water and all of that and just invited her. And she's like, yeah, I'll come. You know, I'll come. And now we know she was lost. She didn't even know what she was getting into. She's like, yeah, I'll come. I just want to be healed. She just want to be healed. So she's just like, I'll come. What was so interesting was, is Michaelin began to say, and we began to talk about how she would hear Frank talking to other people about the Lord before she really came to the Lord. She said, I'd hear Frank in there talking to other patients. And she said, I could hear him talk about the water and talk about the Lord. And one day in Michaelin's life, she just went in there and started talking to Frank. Said, I, and told Frank, I want to know everything you know. So it's just that chain of grace. So Frank discipled Michaelin. Now Michaelin's talking to other patients and bringing them into the things of God. Isn't that powerful? So she invited that lady to come. She comes. Well, in the meantime, she calls her, her friend who lives in Colorado. That's the other gal that you baptized. Yeah, so she's in Colorado, gets a plane ticket like the day before. You can imagine. That's probably a $3,000 plane ticket. But they're like best friends. And she said, I just need you to come to Georgia. I want to go somewhere. So the friend's like, where are we going? She goes, just come to Georgia. So this girl didn't even know what, what the deal was. She didn't know they were going to a bar, a concert, what? She didn't know. So she's like, okay. So she gets on the plane, flies all the way to Georgia, and gets here and like, where are we going? And she said, we're going to church. And so I'm like, is this normal for you guys? And they're like, no, we never, we didn't grow up in church. The only church we knew was at Christmas. Just go to church at Christmas. And so, um, I, and so Todd said, you know, how do you feel? What did you feel when you came in the building? And the only words they knew, she just said it was energy. There's energy in here. Well, we know that's power of the Holy Spirit, right? But I just um, I applaud Frank and Michael and that whole team and how they work together, not only on the physical body, but on the spiritual. And they stay hungry. They minister to people. They pray with people. And just because Michael said, I know where you can go to be healed. I know where you can go to meet somebody that can help you. And she just said, okay. And just came in childlike faith and got born again. Amen. Praise God. So powerful. I just got to say this real quick because I happened to be on the stairs praying for them when they came in the line. So, of course, I didn't know they were lost. I didn't know where they were from or anything. But when they get back there and I say, hey, where are you from? And they tell me, and what are you here for? She said, I'm here to get healed. I mean, it was that simple. Like she's so trusted, but yet those of us who know what God's capable of, uh, of doing, we stand back there and go, well, will he meet me tonight? I don't know if he'll meet me or not. So I learned so much just by hearing that they weren't saved and hearing that they just came. They just heard somebody talk about them, just like the woman with the issue of blood. I just heard. So I'm going to fight. I'm going to get on a plane from Colorado, and I'm going to fly. So it was awesome to see their faith, even not knowing. It was really cool. It was childlike faith. It's wonderful. Never underestimate the ears that are in your, 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 your zone, your, your zip code. They're listening. They're watching. They're watching. More important than what you're saying is what you're doing. They're watching. Don't tell me you love Jesus. Show me how much you love Him. If you love Him extravagantly, I'll love Him like that. We, we, we taught youth for 18 years where we tell them, if you, want, if you want students, we tell all our youth leaders, if you want students 
as youth leaders, if you want to pour your life into small group students, if you want them to bleed for Jesus, you have to hemorrhage for him. And so, Frank, again, thank you for, and all the others who, who live this thing out. You flesh this out. You, you, you live it. You walk it out. Thank you for doing that and, and honoring the house and honoring the Lord. And as you honor them, you honor him. And so, you've caught it. This church has caught it. This church gets it. This church gets it. This tribe gets it. This family gets it. Protect each other. Protect the house. Protect the Lord. Protect everything. Defending to the death. Don't you tell me. I think that's a song, isn't it? Don't tell me what he... Don't you tell me. I've seen too much. I've seen metal come back as bone in your body. I've seen blind eyes open. Don't tell me he can't do it. You might as well cut my head off and drag me down 400 before you tell me he can't do it. Jesus' name. Can we stand as we give tonight? Think about this. Think about this. The physical healing is beautiful. It's wonderful. But it's temporary. What those two ladies got is eternal. And I'm not minimizing physical healing. I'm just saying we can never get away from that as the greatest miracle of all. It's darkness to light. So, Lord, we make much of what happened with those two precious ladies the other night and every other that's been born again in this house. Thank you. May that always be at the core of what we do is honoring you and leading people to the feet of Jesus. Thank you for that opportunity. We give tonight, Lord, in this great house where you're doing such a great work, where you are high and lifted up, and the train of your robe fills Christ Fellowship Church. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen, amen. Before Pastor comes tonight, just a couple of announcements as you, as you give. You can be seated. Just a couple of announcements. Um, one is don't forget about the youth fall retreat coming up in November. I think we have a slide for that. Um, fall retreat, emerge fall retreat with our youth ministry. If you have a student, Regeneration Youth Church, you're interested in getting them to an incredible time of uh, the presence of the Lord while they, while they develop great friendships. You know, it so uh, blows my mind. That, that parents will say, well, I don't bring my kids to church because they don't fit in. But you'll take them to a school where... So, so you might want to make sure you get your kid uh, to emerge for a retreat. There's a fundraiser that they're having uh, for Moe's. I'll make sure you, you get all that information. Uh, it's on our Facebook page. If you're on uh, Christ Fellowship Church Covenant Partners page, we have all these slides and all these QR codes and all these registration forms where you can get all the information you would need. Second thing is, is this weekend, starting tomorrow, is Friends of the Bridegroom Conference with Jeremiah Johnson, Pastor Billy Humphrey, Daniel Kalinda, Corey Russell, worship by Laura Hackett, Park, Pack, whatever her name is now. She's an incredible prophetic worship uh, pastor. They will be here this weekend. Many of you have volunteered for that with our QR code. You've signed up uh, through the QR code. Many of you have been uh, getting email correspondence from me through a, through a planning center. So you should already know what your schedule is for the weekend of what hours you chose to serve. If not, when you exit the building tonight in the cafe area sitting on the tables is a printed out schedule of the entire weekend with your name if you volunteered. Your name should be on there with the time slot that you agreed to so you can go back and double check 
make sure what time you're supposed to be here. All you have to do is go find your name, look to the left, it'll tell you exactly what time you should be in the building ready to serve. Amen. The last thing, as we were getting ready for the conference, this is going to make a lot of you very happy, prophetically. As we were preparing for the conference, we noticed there's a lot of stains on the floor. A lot of stains. When I say a lot of stains, I mean a lot of stains. Like 27 of them, to be exact. A lot of stains. And we noticed they were dark brown. Tough to find water stains, but but the brown stuff leaves stains. So here's what we're asking you to do moving forward. We would love to protect what the Lord is doing in this house spiritually, but also physically. We want to protect what He's given us and be good stewards of what He's given us. So from tonight moving forward, we're going to ask that you drink all the coffee and soft drinks you want to in the foyer, in the cafe area. And let's just keep this room, this sacred room, to water only. Water bottles only. Because I know how us Christians will do. We'll bring our own mug from home. Oh, it's water with some beans in it that, I, that I've heated up and added a sweet and low to it. Yeah, it's water. But so let's keep, let's keep strictly water bottles in here and keep the coffees and soft drinks out there. Can we do that? Is that okay? Is everybody on board with keeping the house of God, the house of God and clean and pure and do the best we can do with it? Well, all right. It worked. In Jesus' name. So, so if you try to come in Sunday, because we'll, we'll forget. Three days is a long time from now. We'll forget. We'll come through those doors, or four days. We'll come through those doors, and somebody's going to ask you, hey, are you ready? Are you prepared to take that last sip of that coffee before you enter the sanctuary? Don't you love the wording of that? Are you prepared to take that last sip? I love that, Pastor Todd. That's brilliant. Not, hey, you need to throw that away. It's, hey, are you prepared to take the very last sip of that soft drink before you enter the sanctuary? That puts it back on them. Amen. Hey, can we welcome the greatest senior pastor known to man to the pulpit tonight, Pastor Todd Smith. All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, Yeah. Thank you for making that announcement, Pastor Marty. You did good. That's hard. (laughs) Everybody. I got to have some coffee during church. Oh, my goodness. Oh, let me make one more announcement. Uh, we do need, Pastor Marty, is that correct, all the envelopes out of the back seats of the chairs in front of you? So if you could take those out in a moment when we dismiss. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. All my um, orange envelopes on that deal... All my uh, white tithing envelopes right here, and then the guest cards over there. So that way we don't throw them all in there. We have to take time to get those out. If you, all right, does that make sense? What did I say over there? I can't remember. So you know what? Yellow, orange, orange, white, and white. All right, is that cool? Wow, what a testimony, Pastor Marty. Uh, thank you, Paula Joe, for giving us that insight on the back of the steps. We love it. We love it. From Czech, uh, Czech, Czech Republic, I think they said, but they've been in the States for some time. All right. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians. I've got a few things I want to say about ministering to your brain. Are you ready to continue that tonight? About ministering to your brain? Yeah, thank you. Um, this has been such an, 
um, an encouraging series for me that I, I think it's ministering to a lot of people and helping us. Uh, be much in prayer, if you will, uh, for the Jeremiah Con- uh, Johnson Conference. Who's attending that, by the way? Who's registered? Going to be here? Okay, it starts tomorrow night. It's going to be an exciting time. I want you to come full of joy. Uh, so let me give you a kind of idea. It is not our conference, so if there's anything that goes wrong, okay, don't ask us how to fix it, okay, because they are leasing our facility, and they are using every bit of our facility, and we're just here to accommodate them and to serve them. So if something's not right and you think something's wrong, I'm not talking about doctrine or anything like that, you don't have anything to worry about, but if something's not right, you just, you talk to, find one of them. Okay, because we won't know the answer, okay? So, um, Saturday night prayer will be in the youth room. We're going to pray. They'll be having services here. There'll be about 400 to 500 people in here uh, at the conference, and then there'll be a hundred of us over there. So, but if you're registered for the conference, come to the conference because that's what you paid for, but all the rest of us, let's go and pray at the youth room. You can park... um, what would be the best place for them to park? On the side, in the back, or here, and just walk around. They won't let you in the building without a registration, so don't feel that I can walk through. Okay, it's their conference, and only paid attendees can come in here. So you're going to have to go through the outside and come in through the back. We'll make that available to you. Is that cool? Good. All right. Okay. Man, y'all tough crowd tonight. I need to bring Pastor Marty back up here. Isn't he full of joy? Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, I want you to turn there tonight. Um, I, you know, I, I just love the opportunity to talk to you about ministering to your brain because the brain, as you know, is your, literally the, mind, your, the soulish realm of your, of your body. It's your mind, your will, and emotions. And your mind is what? Your thinker, your will is the big boss, and your emotions are, is your feeler. And out of this little pocket, if you will, on the top of your shoulders, is literally how you set your directions and decisions that you make and what you say, correct? Many of us are well spiritually, but our heart is still sick, or excuse me, our mind is still in need of repair. Okay, let me say it again. Your spirit man is eternal. Okay, it's well. You may be strong spiritually, but your mind is a train wreck. Who's ever uh, witnessed something that you can't unsee? All right. It, can be a, it could have been a wreck uh, that you witnessed. It could have been a wreck that you've been involved in. It could be a tragedy that you have in your family. And even though you're born again, right? And you're new, those images and thoughts are forever locked into your head. You can't unsee some things. So when something similar happens about that, your brain triggers that, right? And you go to that protective mode and and you begin to think negatively. And the reason we think negatively a lot of times is because we don't want to be disappointed again. So we'll go to the worst case scenario and prepare ourselves for it, right? So tonight, as I, I want to talk to you about ministering to your brain. 
Because out of your heart flows the issues of life, but many times your brain influences your heart. We talked about two weeks ago how we need to wash our brain, wash it with the washing of the Word. Last week we talked about feeding it, and we had some really neat things. I want you to write this down, if you will, as it comes up on the screen. What you feed your brain matters, right? What you say to your brain matters. So you need to lecture yourself with the truth. Got it? What you expose your brain to matters. So we have to be very selective in what we allow into our brain. Because our brain is an influencer in our life, a very heavy influencer. So tonight I'm going to talk about meditation. And you have to be careful when you deal with meditation because you can get really philosophical and um, Eastern with this, all right? And we're not combining those two in any regards. But meditation is a key component of the Word of God and the Kingdom of God. Now, with me saying that, I want to give you some scriptures. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Uh, is very, very clear where it says, and you can turn there in your Bibles if you want to, you shall meditate on the Bible or on the Word day and night. The precepts, the concepts of the Lord. Psalm 1, 2 says, on His law we meditate day and night. Meditation with the Word of God, I believe, is the secret sauce to literally ministering to your brain. Now, I'm going to give you two scriptures and two points that I want to give to you. One of them is in Ephesians chapter 4, where it talks about, in fact, let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 4, I want to begin reading verse 17, and then I'm going to end up, I believe, in verse 24, if not further. Verse 17 says, Therefore I say... Uh, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, who are walking in the futility of their what? Of their mind. So you can have a futile mind. You know what it's like as an unbeliever to have that, and also as a believer as well. And here's what a futile mind literally means. Uh, having their understanding darkened, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who in the past... Feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness and greediness. But he says, You not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth in Jesus, that you do what? Uh, he says, You put off concerning your former conduct. I find, that, I find that very compelling tonight. That you put off your former conduct. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust be renewed in the what? In the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit, do you see it? Of your mind. Can somebody say amen? amen. Now this word renewed is very interesting to me. Because your mind comes into the salvation experience 
saying yes to the will of God. I want to be saved. But it has, it has pathways of how it got its needs met in the past. If I'm stressed, I want something to ease my stress. If I'm unhappy at home, I want someone that will love me. Right? Mm -hmm. If I need to get ahead, I can stretch the truth. Mind you that when you get born again, your, your spirit gets born again, but your mind still has these pathways on how to satisfy your flesh and how to get out of trouble and how to manipulate. Talk to me. So Paul is mentioning this to us. He says, it's important. He says, you're not like you used to be, but we still got to deal with some things. And so we must renew the spirit of our mind. I've been saved a long time, since 1980. So that makes me being saved 41 years. Can somebody say, praise God for pastor salvation? Okay. I've been saved 41 years, but I still remember on how I used to get my needs met. And it's not a fight that it used to be, but I still remember. Men, y'all remember cutting grass when you were unsaved and you're coming in and there's a cold Budweiser in the refrigerator? Don't get, don't get, y'all know what I'm talking about? And you're thinking, <laughs> some of you ladies thinking that too, right? But you're thinking and you think, well, you know, that's how I, and it, and it felt and it tasted so good. And so you're out there, you just got through worshiping with Hillsong, and you have your ear pods in, and there you are sweating, cutting grass, and for just a split second, you go, wow, a Budweiser would be good right now. And you go, that ain't me. Now, I'm just keeping it real. Because my mind remembers that. My mind thinks about that. My mind goes there. And this is where we're going to go here in a moment, how important it is that when those thoughts come into, it's not sinful to have that thought. But what you do with that thought is what matters. This is why Paul is teaching his people at Ephesus. He says, guys, we have to renew our minds. Because if you don't renew it, it's going to gravitate to what makes it feel good and brings its pleasure. And we all know sin is fun. Okay. Now, I want you to write down a few things. This word renew literally means, if you look at it in, in, in the original language, Strong's Concordance, you can go there and you will find a couple of words and one of them is reform. Reform. So as a believer, coming into the things of the Lord, my spirit wants to please Him, my spirit wants to obey Him, my spirit wants to, 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 to live differently, but my mind still thinks about the things of how I used to do it. So I've got to take a proactive posture and not, listen, the word renew literally means to reform my mind. That means to change its form. 
its posture or the stance. Okay? Does that, does that make sense? Now, the next word underneath this in the Strong's Concordance is not only reform, but Karen, I think you'll like this, it means to renovate. To renovate. Now, has, have, have any of us renovated our home? What does it mean to renovate? Okay? There's some things in there that are old that we don't want anymore. That no longer fit our, our taste. Our palate has changed. The era has changed. And I want you to Or a new... Someone new is occupying that space now. And so what do you do to someone that says, hey, I'm going to rent you a room, and, and, and you renovate it, and you change its decor, you change its color. Why? To the desires of the person that's coming into the home. So Paul is telling us right here, it is, very, it is vital that you and I reform our brain, and let's put it this way, renovate it because your tastes have changed. Okay? Now, how do you reform something? Now, our builders, those in the construction, um, Gary over here who makes a living with, with his hands and constructing things, and many others of you. Gary, walk me through, if you, where are you? There you are, Gary. Uh, walk me through, if there is a piece of wood that is straight, but you need to bend it. Kind of make it more circular. I'm not talking about a two-by-four, but I'm talking about something that's pliable and, and so forth. You have to add pressure to it. You've got to moisten it a little bit. And then you've got, to, you've got to add some pressure to it and lock it down. And what happens in it, over a period of time, it will, conform, it will literally be formed to remain circular. Now, you're looking up here today at this stage at what I'm talking about. This does not come that way. Now, there are some materials today that you can buy and you can do it. But back in the day, 20 years ago or 15 years ago, what they probably had to do was to form this to fit that mold and to fit that angle. And they put enough and applied enough pressure to it until it succumbed to the pressure. At the beginning, it doesn't, listen, it will fight it. It will push back against it. It will resist it. But you've got to maintain the pressure. Now, this, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is really solid right here. So God is telling us that we have to reform and to renew and to renovate our brains because when you get saved, your brain still remembers. I have to add and apply pressure to that side of my mind or to my mind, to that side of my body. I have to bring the Word. Your Bible tells us in Jeremiah, I believe it's chapter 23, that your Word is a hammer and fire. So when I'm reading the Word, and I'm taking it not as a have to, but I'm saying, Lord, I need to, I need to have my mind renewed, I am literally sitting down and allowing the Word of God to penetrate my mind and to confront all the ideologies, all the opinions, all the needs in my past that I have, uh, I have uh, acquired a certain way. And I said, Lord, would you apply, apply pressure to my mind with this? Until it gets reformed. 
hold your spot, go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Okay? This is a theme throughout the Word. I beg you therefore, brethren, verse 1, Romans 12, just a few pages back from Ephesians. By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. Now watch, stop. This is so multi-layered. He says, I, I want you to lay your bodies down and give them to me. But I know it's just not a body issue. Because your body may be willing, your heart may be willing, but your brain will fight it. Your brain will fight sacrifice. Your brain will fight sacrifice. Your brain will fight you at every turn to go deeper into God. Because when you go deeper into God, the more that He comes for, right? But the more that He gives you. He says, present your body, but it involves your brain. Look at it again, verse 2, if you will. I beg you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, verse 1, present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Everybody say transform. By what? Going through a prayer line? No. No. By, 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 by sitting um, in a Bible study? No. Helpful, but not the end all. Here's the deal. You are transformed by the renewing, the reforming, the renovating of your mind. And because it's not easy to stop cussing many times, and you're always slipping up, Because it's not easy, we give up on it. And we say, well, I just need Jesus to deliver me. He's already delivered you. Now, now listen, at the moment of your salvation, hear this. At the moment of your salvation, everything and anything that would be um, considered sinful, whether it is an addiction, whether it is a curse on your life, whether it is generational, whether it is a habit that you've had, at the moment of your salvation, at that moment, everything in your life is severed. It is made new. You are dead to it. It is over. It has been detached from your life. Everything. Everything. If you're a 30-year alcoholic, at the moment of your salvation, you're free. If you've been uh, smoking and you've been trying to get free and you feel it's, un it's unhealthy, it's not right, it's displeasing, and at the moment of your salvation, you're set free. If you've been addicted to pornography, at the moment of your salvation, you're set free. Now that's good Bible. That's the Word of God. Because old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. But, 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 guess what? This right here, this right here is where the devil comes and he begins to tell you you're not free. The devil begins to bring images to you, feelings and thoughts of what it used to. So now I'm stressful, so I reach for a bottle. Or I'm stressful, or I reach to another relationship. And then we think, well, I thought I was set free from that. You were set free, but it doesn't guarantee that the devil will not tempt you again. 
Because He's coming to tempt you again. So how do I stay free? That's the question. How do I stay free? How do I stay delivered? How do I stay? Listen, your body may crave it because for 30 years it's been a part of your life. It's been a part of you and, 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 and some of you get immediately no withdrawals. Others you may have withdrawals. I don't understand that, but it's still a reality. The moment you're saved, you're set free. So how do I stay free? You've got to realize that you've got to reprogram and renovate and reform this brain. Now look at it again, Romans 12. Are you, are you there? He says, be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. This takes work. And this is where we struggle the most. We do not understand the work that is involved. Talk to me. Now, I am not anti-deliverance ministry. I am, listen, hear me. I've got to put a disclaimer. I am not anti-counseling. Um, we all need help from time to time to work through some things, to get through some things. I understand that. But your freedom is directly connected to your discipline of how well you reform and renovate this brain. The theme, the, the, vision, the vision statement, but the mission statement of Canal Ministry Training Center students, what is it? You are your own edification. That means I am responsible for my spiritual development. We could cut out the counseling, a lot of it, and deliverance sessions. If you are in that ministry, you would serve yourself well and serve others well by simply saying to them, when you got saved, you're set free. Now we have a relapse, and we're back in it. How can we get free? And instead of trying to circle the wagons around the devil, and trying to find out if it's a spirit or not, look them dead in the eye, and find out what Paul would do and instruct them. He would look at them and say, this is no devil, it's your flesh. And the sooner you get your flesh under control, the sooner you get free over this. All right, I won't say anything else about that. And, I'm, and again, that's, that's what I believe the Apostle Paul would teach us tonight. Because he deals with this, look at it in Ephesians 4, he deals with it. He, he, he's dealing with some folks that are just messed up. And he, and, he, and he doesn't bring them in 
for a four-hour counseling session. And I'm okay with that too. But I'm leaning toward this a whole lot more. And you look them in the eye and say, I can't help you. you got to help yourself. And I can speak to that devil and I can cast it out and you can throw up in this bucket 20 times if you want to. But it, listen, the same thing's going to happen to you until you learn how to renovate and reform your brain. Because it's one in your brain. Paul tells them, He says in verse 23, he says, put off your former conduct. Just put it off. Well, that's easier said than done. Okay, I get it. Okay, but it requires discipline. It requires fortitude. It requires a tenacity. It requires courage. And so you put it off. You put it off. That stuff is on us. And Paul literally says, declothe yourself from it. Divorce yourself from it. He says, take it off and walk away from it. Look at what he says. He says, put it off. Verse 22. Concerning your former conduct. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Be renewed in the spirit of mind. You put, now watch this. You put off and then you put on. Nobody wants to do this. Help me. Fix me. We can't sleep. We got a pill for that. We're sleeping too much. We got a pill for that as well. We want to lose weight. We got a pill for that as well. We want to gain weight. We got a pill for that too. Fix me. Give me something. Prescribe something to me so I don't have to do the hard work. Give it to me easy and give it to me quick. So I'm going to come to you because I heard you got the goods, Pastor Jeremy. And I want you to tell me and fix me in a moment. And if that means that i got to throw up in a bucket, I'll throw up in a bucket, but I need you to fix me. What we have to do is look at these guys in the eye and say, I'm going to get you to throw up in that bucket, okay? There may be something going on on the inside of you. We're going to cast it out. We're going to get rid of it. But you've got to maintain what you have got now from this session. Don't make them dependent upon you. Am I doing all right? Okay. Then he says in verse 25, Therefore, if you're a liar, he says, stop lying. It's that quick. Well, I just can't help myself. I just can't. I can't tell the truth. I must got a lying devil. No, you got a flesh. All of us never were taught how to lie. We just started lying. Did you take that toy from your sister? I'm three years old. Don't lie to me. I ain't lying. <laughs> Did you take that toy? Yeah, I took that toy. Right? And Paul t- literally says, put away lying and let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor for he remembers one another. Be angry. Do not sin. Do not let sin go down on your wrath. And then he's getting, and he lays it. Don't give place to the devil. All right. All good? Okay, so this is what he's saying. We've got to reform. We've got to re- renovate. 
and, and, I, and I don't have time, guys, to, to teach you how to do that tonight. We'll do that next week, all right? But I'm going to give you 1 Peter, then we're going to go. 1 Peter chapter thir- 1, chap- verse 13, look at this. 1 Peter chapter, you're going to love this. So Paul, again, says this. Therefore, gird up. Everybody say, gird up. <laughs> he says, the loins of your mind. He said, be sober, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you through the revelation of Jesus. As obedient children, do not conform yourselves, what? To the former what? Doesn't say devils, doesn't say spirits. It says, do not be conforming yourselves to your former lust as in your ignorance. But he who has called you is holy, you be holy in your behavior. Because it is written, for I am holy, Uh huh. you be holy. So he says this, you want to win the victory? He says, take the loins of your mind. Paul called it the spirit of your mind. Take up the loins of your mind. In Oriental days, Middle Eastern days, as you can even see today in the Middle East, they will wear a tunic or a long robe. They wore these for multiple reasons. They still read it, wear them for multiple reasons. But you'll, you'll notice that if they're going to run or they're going to engage in battle, the men would take the long robe, r- pull it up, and pull the excess like he's putting on a diaper, and he would tuck it inside his belt. So you got this long robe, he would pull it up, pull it behind him, through his legs, and then he would gird himself so that he could run and he could engage in battle. Paul is saying to us, you've got to make sure that your mind is not free-flowing and out of control. He says, I need you because we're in war. We're in a severe battle and there is something going on in your life. I need you to take the looseness and the, the, the freedom yeah, and the slack of your brain that is free thinking in all cases. And everything, you know, he said, I need you to gird that thing up, pull it tight and secure it in your battle, in your, in, in your belt so that you can run this race. But this requires discipline. It requires effort. It requires energy. It requires responsibility. Ownership. So if I got an area that chase this out of control, that I just can't seem to overcome, we can pray about it at this altar and you'll get free. But when you get home and the day happens tomorrow, you got to gird up them loins. So when Miss Pretty Girl, if it's a lust problem, walks by you, you're not wondering how you're going to deal with it. Well, I just can't help myself. She's just so pretty. Well, you probably know she's coming anyway because you get her out of the glimpse of your, you get her out of the side, of, the corner of your eye. You know she's coming. You think, okay, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? 
And I've decided in my mind the Spirit of God is going to help me but not do it for me that as she walks by I'm going to conveniently or just look the other way. Does that help you? And guess what? Now I don't have to come for counseling. Now I don't have to answer to my wife. I saw you. I know. I'm just a worm. I can't help it. I'm a man. God made me this way. Okay, you know, that's where we go, okay? And so guess what we've done? We've just, we just reinforced of how we used to do it. Jesus said it this way, guys. Now listen to me, this is hard because people say, well, Jesus broke all the commandments, in the, or not broke all the commandments, but said he, he, he fulfilled all the commandments. Yes, he did, but he didn't take them away. He added to them, in fact. He says, you heard it has been said that a man shall not commit adultery with a wife. But he says, I say to you now, even if you look upon a woman with lust, you've committed adultery. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. He says, but I say to you, that even if you have murder in your heart toward him. See, people fall under the grace still and say, I don't have to do anything. Boy, I'm telling you, the teachings of Jesus says no. It's that in, in this, by the Spirit's help. So I'm responsible for that. I win, and then I lose. You win and you lose, but you keep battling. You keep girding up your, your, the loins of your mind. You keep battling until you totally restructure it. And that takes time. You reform it. That when he walks by, and I smell his cologne, <laughs> you know, ladies, see, I'm in, including you, and I, just, I, just, I just dream what it would be like to be embraced in those big old arms of his. And there's your husband, you know, 107 pounds, soaking wet, bony, hairy legs. And, there, and there's Mr. Hulk that comes by. I just dream about the day that Henry here gets to the gym. And, and so you've got to reform your mind, right? You've got to reform your mind. Okay, you smell it. You smell it. You've you got to think, oh dear Lord Jesus, get you some coffee bean stuff that they put just like, just, you know, just... And, and, and you know, here he comes. I know, my Lord, those shirts on him look so good. And you, re, you reformat the brain. Right? Smell of nicotine. Copenhagen. Dear Lord, yeah, and smell... James goes, weed. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Weed. Oh, weed. James, you've been saved how long? Uh, a little over a year. A year. Okay. Have you ever smelt weed since you've been saved? Yes, when we go downtown. 
when you go downtown. Now be honest with me. Does it sometimes, like... Not when I'm there. I've had it, like you were saying, just out of the blue. Out of the blue, and all of a sudden your mind goes, why do I want to smoke some weed? I'm a tongue talker. <laughs> but it, I, I wanted to say something real quick. Because of Caneo. Because of? Because of coming here and getting to Caneo. Yeah. And reforming my mind. Hold on. You've got to say this. Everybody stand your feet. I got the mic because I'm not going to let you hold that mic. <laughs> yeah, I won't stand. Because of reforming my mind, coming to Caneo, getting into the Word, and truly repenting of the life that I once lived, and filling my mind just with, with God's Word, it's the only thing that will change you. You have to want it. Because if you don't want it, it's all in vain. But when you want it, you get it. That's good. Okay. Thank you, James, for that exclamation point. Um, in fact, him and Jennifer were in Kentucky helping us minister, baptizing folks. Y'all did an awesome job. Um, okay. Not minimizing the work of the Spirit. Not minimizing. It's all working together. Right? The Word, the Spirit, all of it. Be full of the Spirit, be full of the Word. You're going to win, you're going to lose something. Keep hammering away. So next week, I'm going to get to meditation. <laughs> All right. We're going to minister to our brain. Father, I thank you for your people tonight. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I can't wait, Lord Jesus, till tomorrow night with Jeremiah Johnson. Lord, what's going to happen in this building over the next three nights? I can't wait to prayer Saturday night, Lord Jesus, with our people. And then Sunday morning. And Sunday night. Lord, bring them like you did those from the Czech Republic. Yeah. In a phone call on Friday, can you come and go with me? <laughs> I'll be there. May it happen divine appointments church do you realize that right now it's Wednesday some people are getting in their car right now to make their way here from all points of the nation can't afford a plane ticket but they can get $225 worth of gas money some will sleep in their car some will turn around and go right back home four hours away eight hours Father, would you protect them that are all en route here to meet you in the water? Will you protect the spirit of the house? The heart of the house? Father, as our elders meet in the next few moments, would you give them wisdom? Give us all wisdom. Yeah. We love you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Rudy, Pastor Rudy, we are so glad to see you tonight. And, uh, and um, our church donated $25,000 to that ministry. We love you, and God bless you. See you guys Saturday night. Oh, envelopes. Please clean out the envelope. Make sure all sections have them. Uh, yeah, yellow, white envelopes here, and white guest cards over there in these buckets. We got buckets now. Love you guys. Thank you all for doing that. Have a great night.